0: Welcome to Real Talk Intervention, special episode number two, the Texas State Capitol edition. And it kind of makes me realize that whether you're an anti-accountability person or you're a pro-accountability person, I'm so glad that your voice is out there because we need to hear what you think and what you say, whether you agree with us or you don't agree with us. Get your voice out there. It's extremely empowering I am Sarah Underbrink, here as always with my co-host, Stephanie Garcia, and we are right now sitting in a Senate committee room at the Austin State Capitol, getting ready to address that House of Representatives. Somehow this is a thing that that happened to us in our life.
1: I think we should probably call this episode Mrs. Garcia and Mrs. Underbrink Go to Austin because we are here as part of our ongoing mission to become happy teachers. We wanted to speak out and we wanted to share our experiences with the people who are making decisions for teachers and let them know what's really happening in their Texas classrooms.
0: Yes, Stephanie, it's very inspiring to be here on the floor of the state capitol looking at all the people walking around on thinking about all the people who do devote their lives to public service, which I guess is us too. I mean, it's it's all teachers. We all devote our lives to, to public service. And since starting this podcast, one of the greatest things that I've I've taken from this experience is. Coming to see myself as being an advocate for students on more than just the classroom scale. Working in intervention, I have always seen myself as a student advocate. But since starting this podcast, I think I've kind of found a voice that I I want to use for students. I want to use to make students' lives better. And it's very exciting to bring that to the state capitol right now and have the opportunity to participate in democracy in action, which is not something I ever thought I would ever say personally. (laughs)
1: Sarah, when you sent that email to me yesterday, I thought I was going to flip out. We, we got an email from Texas Aspires. It's a nonprofit foundation that is working to make sure that our schools are doing the best work that they can possibly do. And they have invited us down here to Austin, and they wanted to take one of our blog posts that we did, the Teaching Over Testing Act blog post that we did. And... They want to enter that into the public record. So in addition to that, they wanted to have our voice added to that. So we are both going to be testifying before these committee members. And I am both terrified and excited because I'd never... Imagine myself being this person. You know me, Sarah. I'm very behind the scenes. Uh, I think that's kind of where I fit a little bit better. So, having the opportunity to speak with other people about what my experiences are is exciting, but also a little bit terrifying. One thing that this has taught me is that in high school, when our students are not listening to us at all and playing on their phones and we're just talking at them. I think they're just being prepared for the Texas legislature, Sarah, because when we were just down there watching the floor, it was crazy to watch people talking at a room full of people who are not doing anything to engage (laughs) with what they're saying. It was very familiar. It was very familiar for me. (laughs) Yeah, Stephanie, that's, uh,
0: that's really true. It was, it was kind of awkward sitting there watching uh, senators and representatives playing on their phones while there's heated debates going on about uh, education policy and, you know, funding for pregnancy services education and all of these wonderful things it's it, it, it's very interesting I, I feel like so far my experience with the people of the state capitol it kind of ranges between you know uh really pretty professional looking women and a whole bunch of white dudes and then random people with cowboy hats and boots so i feel like we've got like the entire demographic of texas or is it is it the entire demographic of texas I don't know. It, it's, certainly, it's certainly some sort of cross-section. But these are the people, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, they are giving up their lives for public service in one way or another. And the reason that I was so thrilled to be contacted by Texas Aspires for the particular Teaching Over Testing Act that we're here to testify about today was when we podcasted about the Teaching Over Testing Act, you know, the way that got started was we read a bill, you know, that they were coming out and they were going to, asking to eliminate many, many, many of our standardized tests. They're talking about, Uh, removing the accountability measures or not removing them but significantly diminishing the accountability impacts of standardized tests and this is just something that you and I Stephanie feel very strongly against. We have spoken out many times that standardized tests are a necessary measure by which we reveal the powerlessness and the vulnerability of certain sections of our population and standardized tests are the measurement that we use to make sure that we're serving every single student equally. So we always get very passionate about these sort of attacks from the anti-testing movement and the anti-accountability movement on standardized tests. But you know, we had a conversation on the phone where we were angry about this test and or this act and you know I was like let's make a podcast about it. And after that podcast, I got on Twitter for maybe the third time in my life and I was tweeting about this bill I just felt this wonderful sense of of involvement and it kind of makes me realize that whether you're an anti-accountability person or you're a pro-accountability person, I'm so glad that your voice is out there because we need to hear what you think and what you say, whether you agree with us or you don't agree with us get your voice out there. It's extremely empowering, Stephanie, to feel like you're standing up for something that really matters to you. And if you're listening to this podcast, then what really matters to you is education and kids. And you should feel empowered to speak up
1: and and get your opinions out there. Sarah, I think in the last year that we as Americans have realized, if we have a democracy. We have to be involved. I mean, that's what it's going to take. We can't just let other people make the decisions anymore without hearing what we have to say. So I feel so excited, no matter how terrified I might be feeling, I'm so excited for the fact that I've kind of broken that barrier, that, that feeling that what I think and what I say doesn't matter. I'm going to put it out there and let other people decide whether or not it matters. And I'm, I'm very happy to know that for so many people who are listening to us, for the different groups that have contacted us, that it does matter that what we say has meaning and has purpose. So I think I would like to share with our listeners so they can even hear this before the legislature gets to hear it. I'd like to share what our remarks are going to be. Would you like to do that, Sarah?
0: Yes, Stephanie. What We, we, we have the uh, the blog post that we wrote, which we are, we're carrying in a nice little manila folder right now, prepared to hand to our House Representatives, which you can find on our um, on our blog, com. Just click on our blog section and you can read um, our blog and, and read our thoughts on the Teaching Over Testing Act. But we we uh, were given two minutes. Each of us are given two minutes to testify before this, this board. And like Stephanie mentioned, we were warned that they may not be paying the strictest of attention, which we informed them that since we're high school teachers, we're pretty much unfazed by that. Although we would be asking them to raise their hands if they needed to go to the bathroom. But, uh, <laughs> we, uh, we're we're ready, you know, we're, we're ready. We're ready to pick up their cell phones and, and let them know that what, that what matters. And that, yes, there will be a test at the end of our the end of our presentation, so... So, yes, we're going to we're gonna practice our speeches now for you, our, our two-minute speeches. Just, you know,
1: Stephanie and I were working on this in the car on the drive-up, weren't we? So if you can picture this, we found out at school that we were going to Austin yesterday, and we frantically went home, kissed our children and our husband goodbye, and then jumped into Sarah's car and drove here at 8 o'clock last night. We had me sitting in the back with my computer, and we are just shooting off ideas, and I'm typing frantically trying to keep up with Sarah with she she oh my goodness she can come up with some gold really really quickly so I'm trying to keep up with her all the way down to Austin and then we finally get to the hotel get 3 hours of sleep then we're back up here in the morning and on the way up here we are continuing to edit and 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 fix this hopefully well considering we wrote this in a car on the way down to Austin. I think it's pretty good. So I'm, I'm excited for everybody to hear us. So it was a lot of fun trying to get down here uh, and get the speech written as quickly as possible.
0: Yeah, what I liked that you said in the car was, as you were sitting back there typing adamantly, you said, Sarah, this is a really high level of engagement that we are at right now. And I thought that really hit the nail on the head. Like, this is some serious engagement that's going on. Uh, Stephanie, what was your, um, by the way, what was your favorite response that you got from uh, people when you told them that we were going to be testifying in front of the House of Representatives? I, I think my personal favorite response was my husband, who said, do you, Do you have
1: anything to say? (laughs) Okay, here's my favorite (laughs) response. So I don't have anything that looks capital in my closet. I am not the best dresser in the whole world. So I frantically left school at at 4.30 and went to a little store to see if I can find something. And I'm looking around and everything looks like spring and and pretty flowers. And nothing looks like I'm going to the state capitol. So I I could tell the the fear has triggered the sales lady. She comes over over and says, can I help you? Well, I'm looking for something professional, uh, just real business like. And she says, oh, what's going on? Oh, you got something big, you got a job interview. And I'm, I'm not going to lie, I'm, I'm going to brag a little bit. Well, actually, I am being called as an expert in education to testify before Congress. And her response is, well, we have some great khakis over here. Very casual. And I'm, I'm kind of confused at that response, but I'm very happy that I was able to find something semi-appropriate to be here, <laughs> despite the help of the saleswoman. <laughs> Here's your khakis for going to Congress. Yay!
0: Yeah, I I, I think dazed incredulity was the response of everyone, (laughs) ranging from family members to friends to uh, random salespeople who are like, you clearly don't know what you're talking about. And here, wear some pleated khakis. Well, neither of us are in khakis, just by the way. So let's get into this. I've uh, this is a two- minute speech. I will try to be to be brief and I'll say my piece and then Stephanie can say her piece and we'll see how how this goes. My name is Sarah Underbrink and I am a teacher. House Bill 1333's very name, the Teaching Over Testing Act, is a slap in the face to all good teachers in the state of Texas. Is this act implying that the teacher with 100% passing scores is not really teaching? Or perhaps you are thinking that her teaching doesn't really matter because she certainly must have won some sort of lottery and is actually teaching in a top-notch, high-income district because you're thinking there is no way that this teacher works with students in poverty. We know that standardized tests follow demographic lines, but it's funny to me how the teachers of the top 1% are never a part of this conversation. They're never accused of, of not teaching well, they're not accused of choosing testing over teaching, and yet somehow our top performing schools, our wealthy schools, are getting 100% of their students to pass. Do you think that they are just teaching a test all day, every day, without meaningful instruction or authentic activities? There was a New York Times op-ed recently called How I Learned to Take the SAT Like a Rich Kid, where the author, it was an underprivileged young man, attended a pricey testing camp where privileged students learned how to perform well on university gatekeeping exams that unlock the doors to their better life. He learned there what all teachers already know. There is a skill to taking a test. And unfortunately, it is a life skill. A life skill that our students are not getting equal access to. Bills like this one that aim to reduce and remove standardized testing from the public schools bills that imply to teachers that their goal is teaching but not testing remove the teacher's incentive to teach students how to pass standardized tests tests like the mcat the lsat the gre the sat and the star you can remove standardized tests from texas schools but you cannot remove them from education why should an underprivileged student like that op-ed's author have to pay thousands of dollars just to compete with the rich kids we must teach and we must test that teacher who gets all her students to pass standardized tests who must be in the wealthiest school district in texas is actually me but with one difference I spent the first years of my career at a Title I alternative high school with 100% free and reduced lunch population and students who were a hair's breadth from dropping out, and 100% of my students passed their standardized tests. I am not
1: choosing testing over teaching I am a teacher. I am covered in goosebumps. Look, do you see them? I am covered in goosebumps. Okay, I don't know if I can live up to that. Okay, um, let me see if I can gear up. I got to get my game face on. My name is Stephanie Garcia, and I am one of your public secondary teachers. My students asked me to tell you this. They were not ready to graduate. That is why they failed the star. After they failed, they were angry and embarrassed. But after months of literacy intervention and acceleration, they felt fortunate to have failed the STAR because before that failure, no one had noticed. They still hadn't really learned how to read and write. Most of their teachers have 160 kids to teach every day, And after barely skating by for years, my students had learned to mask their inability well by acting lazy, disrespectful, disinterested. But thanks to the validity of the STAR writing test, their inability was revealed in a way that reading-only tests had missed. As a reading specialist, I work with kids one-on-one, and I'm privy to the secrets that they keep hidden. They can't follow what's happening in any of their textbooks. If you ask my kids after they got help why they failed the EOC, they all say they failed because they weren't ready to graduate. Each EOC is revealing what we don't want to acknowledge, that some students cannot write a sentence, that at 16 they can't read a newspaper article and understand what it said, that they can't come up with a reasonable argument so that if one day If they were lucky enough to get an opportunity to speak to you here themselves, they could overcome their voicelessness to shout, Not every school is amazing. Not every teacher is effective. Not every student who passes a class has mastered the readiness standards. They want you to notice. They aren't ready to graduate. Because of the high stakes that holds the teachers, students, and school accountable for every student getting the minimum standard on the STAR reading and writing test, resources were allocated to give them help from a literacy specialist. Because they failed, student intervention teams requested additional testing data that revealed huge literacy gaps, learning disabilities, and even dyslexia, all of which that had been previously missed. This test is just a measurement, but our responses to it are what really make it work. Every time we weaken accountability, we remove one more response that could have made a lifetime of difference to a kid desperately hiding in the back row of Texas's classrooms. And now because they failed, and because that failure really mattered, they are ready to graduate. Fantastic, Stephanie. I. I hope that between
0: the two of us, we're able to put put into words here in this four-minute interval to the legislature what we see in education, which is that measurement is the only way that we reveal that there are problems. It's too easy to be overwhelmed by the sheer number of students that we have, by how hard we're working with the student, sometimes how hard that student is working themselves. But none of that matters if a student cannot come out of high school with the skills that they need to make it in this world. That's what we're here for. It doesn't matter how hard they try or how hard we try if we cannot get them where they need to go. And what we need everyone in education to understand is that removing standardized measures of data All it does is hide and disenfranchise those students who have been historically hidden and disenfranchised for far too long.
1: What really scares me about House Bill 1333 is that it is limiting teachers' accountability. And I'm sorry... I want to be held accountable. I want to be held to a strong standard. And if you don't want to be held to that standard, then I would suggest teaching a subject that's not tested. But when it comes to reading and writing, I want to know what my kids can and cannot do. So they are going to be eliminating the writing test according to this bill. They're eliminating US history, which seems like a really important subject that our kids should have a grasp of if they're going to be politically active and have a voice. And The writing, I don't know, is that just financial? I don't know what the motivation for that is. But I will say this, we've looked at the reading and the writing test when they were separated, and we've looked at the reading scores and the writing scores of the 7th grade and 8th grade tests, and we're seeing that there's more correlation for kids who are struggling readers with these writing tests. So if they were to get rid of this writing test and only make it a reading test, I think a lot of the kids that we're catching now will not be caught anymore here in high school. There's nowhere else that's going to be able to help them after this. They're not going to be able to go to college and get any sort of help or intervention for this. We're the last stop for these kids, and it's our duty. To hold ourselves accountable.
0: Exactly. You know, and everyone knows that what we do in education is very important, and I think it all kind of ties together, which what we've discussed before. None of us want to gatekeep these kids from a successful future. Nobody wants to stop a student from graduating or say that a kid has to go an extra year into high school. None of us want to do that, but what really matters is that students learn and that they're able to perform at their highest possible level, and we have got to do what we need to do to make sure that that happens. So, We are very excited to be here in the state capitol. It was really exciting to come down here and record in this beautiful... Senate room.
1: I I kind of feel like we should just relocate the podcast to this room right here. I really want to thank Texas Aspires as well. The whole group has been so wonderful. We've talked to them over food today, talking about what they see and why they're so motivated to move forward with this uh, accountability movement. And they are just Bright, well-spoken, they're former teachers, so they know what they're talking about when it comes to this issue. They've been there where we are, and they see the more you dig deep into the kids, there are students out there that these tests need to be able to identify. And I love the fact that Texas Aspires recognizes that we have to be able to find those kids. And without some sort of standardized measure, I don't know how that's going to be possible.
0: Yeah, check out uh, Texas Aspires, our friends at Texas Aspires, at texasaspires.org, texasaspire org. They are a nonprofit policy group, so they would love to have you subscribe to their newsletters and consider volunteering your time if you live in Austin or perhaps your money if you want to help them. They are um, a very active group with some wonderful, involved people who, who need to be there for us on the Senate floor. One thing that I I learned from them today is that there are certain things that you can do with legislation if bills are produced in committee unopposed that you cannot do if they are opposed. And, you know, so groups like Texas Aspires are out here just doing the work of literally... Sitting in the hallways of the Texas Legislature all day, so that they can go in a- and raise a dissenting voice against some of these bills, which, however well-intentioned they may be, are maybe not as informed by the voices of actual teachers as they as they could be. So, you know, this is a very important service that they're providing that I had no idea that, that sort of thing existed, and it, it makes me realize how important and vital it is that we stay up to date on what how, what's happening in in uh, in our state education. So, check out TexasAspires.org. We We'll be posting more follow up about this in the future, but until then, we are uh, podcasting on iTunes or on Stitcher. You can subscribe to us there to hear more of our uh, of our thoughts on education policy, or to follow us on Twitter at intervene number four real. We are also on Facebook at Real Talk Intervention, where we post all sorts of uh, interesting things that pass our pass our notice, whether it be policy related or instruction related and you can follow us on our blog, realtalkintervention.blogspot.com where you can listen to our podcasts or read any of our blogs. I do want to put one final call out there to our, our listeners and readers out there. We... Stephanie and I really do love to connect with those of you out there. We would love to hear from you. We love comments and, and Facebook posts and messages and emails. It really does inspire us and, and help us keep going. So if, if you're interested in talking about what we're doing here or, or you just want to give us a note and tell us we're wrong or we're great or whatever, we really do appreciate hearing from you. So uh, we hope you'll take advantage of that to contact us in, in any of the above ways.
1: Thank you so much for joining us here in Austin and we look forward to going back on the road again sometime soon.